Ho, ho, ho! Welcome to a special Christmas present special edition of Marvel vs. Marvel. We're taking one of our bonus episodes from behind the Patreon paywall and tucking it into your stocking here for everyone to listen to as a way of saying thank you and to celebrate the good festive year. If you guys want to hear awesome bonus episodes like this each and every month, head to patreon.com slash Marvel vs. Marvel. Merry Christmas! Welcome to the February edition of the Marvel vs. Marvel full-length bonus episode. It is a big, juicy, fat one for you today, folks. So excited for this. Thank you again for supporting us on Patreon. You are the most important people in the world. We're really excited to be able to make these incredible uh, extra special episodes just for you guys as a reward, as a way of saying thank you for your support thank you for keeping the lights on thank you for letting us do awesome amazing stuff and look at incredible um movies and tv shows we love doing these ones don't we will oh absolutely and uh this one oh a big 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 cliffhanger um we've got so much to talk about so much to talk about this episode <laughs> if you don't uh, well we've got some new people we have got some newbies um so if this is your very first bonus episode that you're listening to let me explain how it works um in the main show we look at a movie or a tv show will goes through the uh the 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 the, the, the story the plot pulls it apart and asks me questions he's got and we dive into the history of comics and and characters and all that kind of stuff on the bonus episodes, we take a look at stories that have not yet been adapted, may never get adapted um, into into a movie or a TV show, and we try and find ones that are kind of spinning off from events that we've looked at in the uh, in the main shows. And since uh, our last episode was the uh, Planet Hulk animated movie from 2010, the perfect choice to spin off from that is the the World War Hulk event, which follows it. Absolutely directly. Absolutely directly. And... Uh, mm. Well, I mean, Planet Hulk was... Well, so to recap, I guess, you may well have been a little while since you listened to Planet Hulk episode. The the Hulk um, was betrayed by people who were his friends. Yes. Um, superheroes that had decided without any vote from anybody else, without any authority or mandate from anyone else, to create a sort of secret government of superheroes. Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Professor Xavier, Prince Namor, Black Bolt, they and Doctor Strange all came together and formed this, this secret cabal, which is informally known as the Illuminati. And they move behind the scenes to... Uh, shift things in the direction they think superhumans should go. One of the acts they took is after a rampage from the Hulk, they decided he was far too erratic to continue living on Earth. So they tricked him into boarding a a shuttle to help with something in space, and then they shot him off to another world, and 
he ended up living uh, on a uh, on a horrifying wasteland called Sakar, ruled over by the mad Red King, becoming a slave, a gladiator, um, gaining the support of the people, leading a revolution, becoming a warlord, and eventually becoming the kind of the new king, King Greenscar of Sakar. Um, and just when Hulk had really turned things around. The shuttle that the Illuminati had, had put him in and sent him to this planet on, which was to be turned into a monument to the new king, had a faulty warp core which detonated and destroyed almost every living person on Sakaar. The capital city is where everyone was living. It killed millions of people. It killed the Hulk's wife, his queen, Kiera. And the unborn child that she was carrying, she turned to dust. She had um, an incredible set of powers called the Old Powers, Old Strong. But even that didn't save her. She died. And a Hulk who was even more... I mean, grief and rage don't even begin to describe it. He puts together this armada of his Sakarian warbound soldiers who are all incredibly strong and powerful... And they come heading for Earth with a mission of vengeance, of revenge, of justice. And that's where we left things. Now, that isn't that end is not in the Planet Hulk movie. No. Um, how did you feel about that ending, Will, when we first when we talked about it well, in the episode? The comic ending. Yeah. Well, absolutely tragic, isn't it? I mean, it's just awful. Especially when the uh, f- the animated movie has such a nice ending, yeah, and just like, he's just like always like waving at the screen, goodbye everybody. We had a lovely time here on Sakaar, and we'll live happily ever after. What, what a lovely time we had! And it's like, ah, oh, let's not do the epilogue. Let's just end it there. No epilogue needed because the epilogue is a frightening uh, existential crisis. <laughs> but it's that thing that happens with comic books. Is that comic books? Generally, the really great ones will always lead to the next awesome story. Yeah. Whereas movies tend to just have to kind of like give you a conclusion, which is why we all enjoy the the the, the MCU films for kind of doing a bit of both. Um, yeah. So, how did you feel coming out of that? About, I guess, about the Hulk and about. I know you said you were. You were wanted to know. You really want. This is one of the first times. Not that you. I mean, not that you don't want to know the next part of the story, but you really wanted to know the next part of the story. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially after that. I mean, Armada's mission of revenge. His wife's dead and child's dead. Well, unborn child, but you know, my God, we're going to see an angry Hulk. And what is it that you want to see? Like, what do you let's let let's say you're picking the World War Hulk story up after reading that Planet Hulk end? What what do you, Will Preston, as the reader, want to see happen next in the story? I want to see some absolute destruction happen, but then some some interesting twists and maybe <laughs> a nice ending. So you're very fully on Hulk's side here. I am. I, let, yeah. let, let's, 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 can, can we just reiterate why this he's he's going after them uh, for vengeance? Can we just reiterate? It's the faulty warp core you said. He, d- none of this would have happened without them. They put him on this 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 Fukakta ship, mm. as my Jewish brothers and sisters would say. <laughs> they shot him into space mm. on whose authority? 
Yeah. Why? Who has the right? Marvel, as I've said before, writ large, is about what? It is about the morality of power. Mm. And sometimes that means who gets to use the superpowers they have. And other times it's things like this. Who the hell put Tony Stark in charge and Doctor Strange in charge and Reed Richards and all those? Who the hell put them in charge? Why? We've got something. Prince Namor speaks on this at some point, and I've got a, a place for that when we're talking about this story. He's got an incredible point about this. And so aside from all of that, aside from that utter betrayal, condemning him to live as a slave yeah. on a place that can kill him, a place where he is vo- more vulnerable than he ever was on Earth, aside from all of that, the the thing that they, they sent him in explodes, blows up, kills. Why would he trust that this was not the plan all along? Ooh, why would he trust? Why would he trust that the Illuminati's plan was not to placate him with a video message saying, calm down, don't worry, don't break the ship, and then when it gets to a safe part of space, explodes and finally gets rid of the problem of the Hulk. Why would he believe that wasn't the plan all along? That's a very good point. It does sound and like it, it just, was the plan. The timer, the timer mm. lasted longer than they thought, and years went by before it went off. <sighs> I would be... And and you can't you can't reason with a grief like that. No, nope. you can't reason with a grief like that. Nope, you just can't. So that's how we we set the 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 the, the that's how we left things in our in our main show episode. Okay, so obviously there's going to be some time of travel, travel to uh, Earth, um, and and whatnot. When does this story take place? Um. Yeah, I don't actually know. Uh, I guess space travel doesn't take too long with these incredible ships they have. Of course. But this is, in, in, in terms of the Marvel Universe timeline, this is right after Civil War. Wow. Um, so this was all, as we talked about, this was all happening. Oh, yes, because uh, that was the idea, wasn't it? Get rid of the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he'd just be t- too powerful a soldier to have on the on the battle lines, really. Mm. would mess up the stories. So this is what the Hulk can go and do, and then uh, he returns right at the very end of Civil War. So to give you an idea of the landscape of Marvel, the, the world that is going to be involved in World War Hulk, we've had Civil War. We've also had... Um, M Day decimation of the, of the as it's called in the mutant populace. So the mutant population had been decimated twice over. Really, sixteen million mutants were were killed um, at the Genosian genocide when wild sentinels ran rampant through the island nation of Genosia and just 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 massacred. You know, horrific scenes, and then. As the mutants were were reeling from that kind of awful, um, awful set of events, uh, we had House of M and and Wanda the Scarlet Witch cast her insanely uh, problematically powerful hex to remove mutant powers from the majority of those mutants left. So the mutants left are in the Marvel universe total one hundred and ninety eight now. From oh, yeah. millions and millions. So, to be fair, the, though, that's probably the amount that you could actually name <laughs> from the comics. 
Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that was kind of part of it. The, the, behind the scenes, it was mm. felt there are too many, so let's kind of do this. Um, there is also the Superhuman Registration Act, which mm-hmm. in the comic books, the Civil War is about. Um, every single superhero has to be uh, identified to the government, all all levels of government. They have to. There can be no more secret identities. Spider Man has to take his mask off, walk into a government building. Tell everyone his secret identity, where he lives, who his family are. He has to sign up. He has to become a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. He has to do what they say, go where they tell him. That is the new rule. That's what Tony Stark has put in place. So anyone that disagrees with that and won't do that, like Spider-Man, uh, is now a criminal, an outlaw is not allowed to be a superhero, is not allowed to use their powers, and by fact, by act of doing so, they earn jail time. And they are all going to be hunted and arrested by Tony Stark, by S.H.I.E.L.D., by Tony Stark's Avengers, Homeland Security, and thrown in jail. This, this as we talked about, was not. this is not resolved at the end of Civil War. Civil War is the fight, and then beyond that, it completely changes the landscape of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> we now have two teams of Avengers. Um, uh, Outlaw, Renegade Avengers, and official, government-approved, S.H.I.E.L.D.-ran Avengers. Okay. So the end of Civil War, Captain America is assassinated Ooh. on the steps of a courthouse before being brought to trial. He's in, he's in handcuffs, and he is shot dead by uh, an unnamed assassin. Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier... Picks up the mantle, the shield becomes the new Captain America. Tony Stark is in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Homeland Security. Stark is reviled by half the Marvel Universe as a power-hungry kind of fascist with his registration act and and uh, having way too much power as a business leader and now he also mm. works for the president and now he runs S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and he's also blamed by the... by let's say half the populace of the Marvel Universe, for the death of Captain America. He did not pull the trigger, but he started this war. He led the man out in handcuffs, and it was because of that that Cap was shot and killed. So there are the uh, official Avengers, Mm. as ran government-approved Avengers, as run by Tony Stark. Iron Man, uh, Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers, Black Widow, Wasp, Wonder Man, um, Ares, and and the Sentry. And then there is the Outlaw Renegade Avengers. Right. Who are... These are the Avengers that Captain America picked to be Avengers. So when he dies, it becomes this huge honour. Like, we're the last guys that Cap picked to be Avengers. We're the goddamn Avengers, even though we're now marked as criminals. They're led by Luke Cage, and the team is Spider-Man, Wolverine, Mm. Echo, who we've just seen in the uh, Hawkeye series, Uh, Spider-Woman, Doctor Strange, who was not picked by Captain America. Basically, Doctor Strange sat on the sidelines during the Civil War, saw how awful it got, and then went, what a terrible mistake that was. I need to get involved, and I'll join the (laughs) Avengers. Um, Iron Fist is there, and also Clint Barton as Ronin, not as as Hawkeye. But yeah, on the other side of things, it's this odd team of Iron Man, Ms. Marvel, 
Black Widow, Wasp, Wonder Man, who I don't think we talked of, and The Century. Oh, Century. Uh, I don't know if that rings a bell. I don't think we've uh, we've talked about them before, have we? No. No. Okay. Uh, this is involved. Ooh, now, okay. It's so big. It sh- it could easily have been its own episode. The the story of the century, right? The story of the century. Well, oh, yeah. that's well, a yeah. bad pun, isn't it? Indeed, it is. Yeah, I didn't even think of that as I was saying it. It's the story of the century. This is so. But there's, we can't do this story without you knowing who the sentry is. Yeah. So I've got to do this story. And it's a big story. So, okay, January in the year 2000, artist Artie Rosen, who is said to be instrumental in the formative years of Marvel Comics, died. Oof. And a month after his passing... There was an article in Wizard Magazine. Wizard Magazine was like a behind... It was like Empire Magazine, the movie magazine. It was like that, but for comic books. It was like a behind-the-scenes kind of... It had reviews of comics. It had interviews with creators. It had um, stories about what was coming up in the comic book world. Like, oh, plans to do a new Hulk crossover event called Planet Hulker coming to... You know, that's yeah. kind of thing. It was really, really, really awesome when I was a, a teenager. So, in an issue of, of, of Wizard, an article discussed the possibility, after Artie Rosen had died, of a lost 1960s Silver Age character created by Artie Rosen and Stan Lee, prior to Stan Lee creating the Fantastic Four. Ooh, which, hello. Which would make this character the mm. very first true Marvel superhero. Right, there we go. Even though it wasn't published. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and, and this was a huge story. Stanley was interviewed loads about this, and he said he had some sort of vague memories of it. Um, and then uh, a little bit after that, there was uh, a few months down the line, an exclu- a big exclusive story in, in Wizard reporting that after Artie Rosen's death, his widow found a box of his stuff labelled Marvel with an assortment of papers, files, old comics. She returned the box to Marvel, where it ended up on the desk of the editor-in-chief, Joe Quesada. And it, in, Paul Jenkins, who was a writer at the time, mm. was going through it and discovered character design sheets and descriptions <laughs> for a Silver Age, this sent a Superman-esque character called The Sentry. Um, S-E-N-T-R-Y, if that's not coming across, because I'm saying The Sentry. Um not century, as in a mark of time, but yes, as yes, in yes. Uh, a Roman gladiator, a guy that keeps watch. A century, yeah. um, and the name the name involved in all this was Stan Lee, as Ooh. well as Artie Rosen. So, um, Paul Jenkins and his his uh, friend and collaborator, collaborator Jay Lee were in the middle of producing a new comic book series, they put that all on hold because they were like, "We want to do something with this. Do we own this? And can we do something with it?" They asked around, they reached out to Stan Lee. No one seemed to be able to remember like this whole thing, really. But there was paperwork there, um, and they spoke to Stan, and it, they, an, further analysis of the box revealed proper designs and everything, and a date of 1961 predating the creation of the, the Fantastic Four and the Marvel 
the true Marvel universe. This is like a nice story in itself. It's exciting. It's it's it, we're only just getting started. Oh, bloody so it was going to be published in Startling Stories number one, mm. um, and it. If true, that would have been the real kickoff. Marvel editor in chief, um, previous Marvel editor in chief, Bob Harris admitted it was a possibility that this could like be the start of it. He said the very existence of the Sentry runs contrary to everything we know about the origins of what is now the Marvel universe. This is an incredible thing, a discovery that could very well force us to rewrite the history books. Um, wow! Marvel announced they're going to go forward and. Um, do a revival of the century by writer Paul Jenkins, artist Jay Lee, under the Marvel Knights banner of Marvel Comics. Marvel Knights is where the adult, mature-themed comic books were being published. I remember. Which might have more violence and kind of more adult themes in it. Um, and so the century... And Stan Lee was talked about it, and he started to have vague memories, and he said, it's going to be great, Like I've got complete faith, it's going to be really cool, it's going to do me and Artie proud. Um, the Sentry was this kind of like Superman slash Shazam-style character, a mild-mannered guy called Rob Ren- Bob Reynolds, but really Robert Reynolds, classic Stan Lee, double R, Bob yeah, Reynolds, yeah, yeah. took a serum one day from a scientist that turned him into the Sentry, the man with the power of a million exploding suns. That's too much power. <laughs> I don't care. That's too much power. Very, very kind of... It is very pre-Marvel in its in the way you kind of think about this thing, right? It's, yeah. It's not anything that would have been created in the Marvel Universe. He had a cape and a mask and... Uh, he fought against this gangster crime lord called The Void, who was like a shadow person, but wearing like the gangster <laughs> trench coat and, and carrying a machine gun and stuff. Um, and Stanley was interviewed and said he now he's started to see these things, he did remember it. And he's remembering more about it. And, and it was like, it was decided that this character, by, by, by Stan and by everyone at Marvel, was just way too powerful for the Marvel Universe that they were hoping to put together. Mm. So they scrapped the character altogether, and despite a few issues being created, it was never printed. Massive, massive news story. I cannot tell you how big this was at the time. Oh, no, I can imagine. It led to big, big sales of the comic. Of course. And Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee did a very cool thing with it. Um, They introduced the character as as a superhero who the entire world had forgotten about. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because he'd never because what they want to do is play around with the idea of he was the original Marvel hero, but also we've never seen him before. So mm. they say, Oh, he did exist, but no one remembers him. Right? <laughs> so the century existed, he was the first Marvel hero, the early days of the Marvel Universe, fought the the void. But after several years, he discovered that actually he and his arch enemy the void were the same person. Very Fight Club, Tyler Durden style. Oh, no. Yeah? Yeah. And and in this new modern story, the idea was that uh, as time went on, it was all very well and good in the early days of the the 60s. Good guy, bad guy. But as time went on and, and villains were meant to get more and more evil, the Void actually did get more and more evil. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, 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 anyway, the idea was that the century 
had this kind of mental health problem, this kind of split personality. He kept losing control of himself yeah. and his insane powers and was scared that he would become the Void. The Void would become really powerful. So he goes to Reed Richards and Doctor Strange and, and, and Iron Man and they come up with a way of not just wiping his mind so he forgets he has powers, mm. but wiping the minds of everyone on Earth as well. Wow. And so the entire world forgets about the Sentry, and he's just spent however many years living as mild-mannered Bob Reynolds, which is why he's never been seen before by anyone in the Marvel Universe. That's cool, right? I mean, do you know what that sounds like? That sounds like when uh, Thor used to have uh, his alter yeah. ego. And then, yeah. it, then it turned out, oh, you're you actually are Thor. We just yeah. uh, brainwashed you after you pissed off your dad. It's a classic kind of pre-Marvel setup. Yeah, it's it, it, huge it's, sales, yeah. and it led to uh, a five-issue series where the Sentry goes rediscovers his memory. So we that's how the story starts, and as he starts to remember everything, everyone else starts to remember him. The whole thing, Will, mm. the entire thing was a hoax. Okay, a hoax, a publicity stunt. Oh, there was no God. Artie Rosen. Artie Rosen never existed. Oh, there for was the love of God! Stanley never created this character. They never found a box. Yeah, this this whole thing was completely fabricated by Paul Williams and and and, um, and Jay Lee. And they roped in Stan. They roped in uh, Bob Harris. They roped in Wizard the magazine to run these fake. Articles. I had a feeling something was, was odd here because this sounded way too much like a story, like the way it was, the way it came mm. out. It was like, oh, we just happened to find. I'm sorry, when someone dies, well, some of the first, you know, after you've sorted things out, you you go through their stuff fairly quickly, and it's it's just sounded a bit like, you know, but oh. that's what happened here. That's what happened here. I, I, I thought the I thing. thought there was a bit of a delay of finding finding his stuff. Well, a couple of months, but anyway. Uh. But this played out amazing, amazing. Shame, right? the shame. Um, there, in 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 the in the letters column in the back of every issue of the Century, mm. there's um, or not even the letters column, just in the in the back of every issue of the Century. There's only five issues. There are interviews um, with with uh, Paul Jenkins, uh, Jay Lee, and Stanley. And if you read them knowing it's a hoax, it is brilliant. Because <laughs> as, it, as it all comes out, Stan Lee, who had, who had forgotten about the character, starts to remember about the character, right? So there's a way of reading this meta story whereby the thing that wiped the memories of everyone in the Marvel Universe also wiped the memories of everyone in our universe, oh. which is why Stan Lee didn't remember it, right? So there's this wonderful <laughs> thing thread through all these fake interviews. Well, they're real interviews, but everything's been made up. It was a lovely bit of business. As a professional wrestling fan yeah. and, and a professional wrestling professional, I love a good work. And they worked everyone, brother. I love something like this. This is how you sell tickets. Um, I mean, it's good publicity, but it's like, you played with us. You played with us. But it made everyone enjoy the story more. That's true. It was only ever intended to be this short five-issue metafiction story, massive publicity stunt. The five issues involved a century meeting a different person from the Marvel Universe that he used to have a close relationship with. Mm. And then at the end... 
his everyone's mind gets wiped and that's the end of it in my mind that is exactly where that should have stayed okay. however okay brian michael bendis when he's doing the the new avengers he thinks the sentry is a cool a very a cool character a very famous character and a very modern famous character there aren't many of them so he decides to reintroduce the sentry to the marvel universe as kind of a quasi member of the new avengers um Bob Reynolds is a lonely middle-aged man with extreme agoraphobia, depression, and an utter fear of his own powers because he believes he is, and everyone believes he is, the most powerful being on the planet. Um, and that being that insanely powerful scares him, and his own scared that his own fear and anger may well turn him back into the void who is truly, truly, truly evil. And all of this will play a role in World War Hulk. Okay, we've set everything up, Rob. It's time to turn the page. That's right, don't press play to the page. <laughs> um, so World War Hulk begins with, the, we see this huge Sakarian warship, Um coming through our solar system mm. and as it gets closer and closer and closer we see there's a figure stood on the hull of the ship and it Ooh. is the hulk completely exposed to the void of space with no effect to him whatsoever and as the ship passes through an asteroid field the hulk is smashing these giant kind of these giant asteroids and just silently screaming into space <laughs> he is just angry it like he can't sit. He's not going to sit still on a ship. I'm just imagine, going on this war. I'm just imagining him sat in a big chair, like a very muscly Picard. You, well, you can't do it. He's he's yeah. a top. He's just he's just he has to be angry and fighting the whole time. Um, and we see we see uh, Earth satellites detect the ship, and they say it's, it's heading straight to the moon. Now, the moon is where the Inhumans live. Right. The Inhumans are oh, a kind of a mix between mutants and aliens. Um, they live in, in, in the, hidden, the hidden city of Atalan, which is on the, the blue area of the moon, um, which is something that was created. We can't go into all of that. <laughs> it's near where the Watcher, Uatu, lives. They're a race of very, very powerful beings who hide themselves from humanity and other cultures. And they are ruled over by a, a royal family. They're okay. very, very, very old and ancient. And they have a, a royal family that has been there since the beginning. Um, and King Black Bolt is their leader, their mm. ruler, their king. And he is one of the Illuminati that sent the Hulk into space. So this is the Hulk's first target. Before he even gets to Earth, he's going to head to the moon. Okay, uh, just a quick one. Are the Inhumans, have they turned that into a TV show or a film already? Yes, there is an ABC TV series, yeah. That's where so it part of the yeah. yeah, part of the same people that made um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and stuff like that. And we need to really get into that. There's some cool ones. There's Cloak and Dagger. There's Runaways. We, we're going to dive into that, I think. Um, gosh, we've got a lot this year. Maybe maybe this year. I think The Inhumans are scheduled for later this year. Or, oh, it hasn't, yeah, we'll it hasn't come out yet. No, no, sorry. When I say scheduled, 
in my mind for us to cover. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. I, that's f- I might, I might, I might have given it like a, I might have penciled it in for kind of November, October, November. I'm not a hundred percent on that one. I don't want to jinx um, anything, but I have just feeling we're never going to run out of content. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Keep our fingers. Very everybody at home, keep your fingers crossed. Okay, so King Black Bolt. Oh, so, sorry, they're King Black Bolt's looking at your thing. Um, what do we need to know about him? That's an interesting name, isn't it? Uh, he's incredibly powerful. Maybe right. the most powerful member of the Illuminati. Right. His his voice, he is a silent... So he's a silent king. His voice is not a voice. It projects, <laughs> as well as being a voice, it projects a... a incredibly destructive field of of power and energy so strong that if he spoke it would shatter entire cities and kill anything in front of him wow he can wipe out fleets of starships by speaking it 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 is not like banshee scream and x-men because this is not it's not sonic it is Sonic, it's everything. It's Sonic and its energy and its power. And it, and it can travel through a soundless vacuum of space. Oh, God. So as a result of this, Black Bolt has to spend his entire life in complete silence. Um, he has an incredibly close relationship with his wife, his Queen Medusa. Um, and it is mildly telepathic, but hugely this incredibly intimate, close relationship where she knows... He, she knows how his mood. She knows what his facial expressions mean. Mm. She communicates for him. There's some mild telepathy, but not. But I think it's more this deep, deep bond like that they intu- have. Intuition from knowing someone that long. That's yeah. quite sweet. There is yeah, there is some telepathy involved. Yeah, if he shouts, it is said he could crack the moon in half. That is the most metal thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Black Bolt! <laughs> Kill of the Inhumans! Um, this, is, this, this is the Hulk's first target. Not a soft warm-up. Right. Um, Hulk faces Black Bolt and, and Queen Medusa. And Medusa speaks for him. And here we begin, right at the start, to see something very, very important. It is showing the Marvel Universe and the reader that this is a different Hulk than we've ever seen before. Okay. Medusa and Black Bolt try to wave this fight off. They know they know what they kind of know what's happened and they know that he's in a rage. Medusa tells the Hulk, listen, you fought Black Bolt before and you were beaten every time. Mm. The Black So Black Bolt can also internalize some of this energy and increase his strength. Um, he he has in the past shattered the Hulk's bones. Oh, how do you recover from that? He has a healing ability. Oh yeah, he has, he? sorry, yeah, I forgot about that. But also, regular humans can recover from a shattered bone. I did not know that. It's very painful, but yeah, you don't have to get plates and pins. Anyway, mm. so it's it, it's it's you can't win. A mere whisper. They she says a mere whisper would send your broken body flying into the sun. The Hulk rages about his dead world and family and attacks. Black Bolt whispers the word, Enough. And the force of this whisper peels the skin from the Hulk's face. No! No! Ruins the moon around them and sends Hulk flying off. And you think he's, like, flown off the planet. Sorry, off the moon into space. 
But as Black Bolt and Medusa turn to leave, the Hulk lunges at them from behind, wild-eyed, savage, and he says, I did not come here for a whisper. I want to hear you scream. Oh, no. And the fight between Hulk and Black Bolt is so huge. We see everyone on Earth, you know, all the governments of Earth, militaries of Earth, picking up these readings. Huge chunks of the moon have been sent into (laughs) orbit from this fight. And at the same time, every single satellite in in orbit gets taken over simultaneously by the Sakarian warship, by their alien technology. Shields and Earth, they're kind of blind, and they can't use their satellites for anything military whatsoever. The Zakarian warship descends over Manhattan, and a hologram of the Hulk is projected all over the world, delivering a message. Puny humans, I have come to smash, and you should know who is to blame. Hulk tells the world... Sorry, sorry, I had to stop you there. When, When you say that, that line... All I can think of is the uh, super mutants from Fallout, which do look like the Hulk, basically. Oh, really? Wow. They go, puny humans. (laughs) I imagine that's where they got it from. They they kind of like, if they made him look like the Hulk, they would have gone, well, the Hulk says puny humans all the time. Yeah, puny humans. Um, So the Hulk tells the world what happened to him, the, the betrayals by people who claim to be his friends. He plays the message the Illuminati left him. Hmm. The, the evidence, the actual evidence that they did this. And then he shows them the warp core explosion, the death of his world and his family. And then he says, now this city will fall. You have 24 hours to evacuate. When I return, I want to see Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man and Doctor Strange. And if they're not here... I will do this to your whole stinking planet. And he holds up the bloody beaten body of Black Bolt, one of the most powerful beings in Marvel, with his face completely smashed in and utterly, utterly helpless. Wow. What a way to start. Yeah, I was about to say, what a way to start the invasion. Okay, this is really bad. How do the Avengers respond? Well, that's part of the problem because there's mm. the, the the civil war. There is no united front. There are separate teams. Strange, uh, Doctor Strange and Tony Stark have a tent meeting. Um, Doctor Strange in his kind of astral form, so you can't like grab him or do anything to him. He's not physically there. Mm. It's a astral mi- mystic projection of him. Um, they are on different sides. Stark is hunting Doctor Strange. He is hunting the at the Avengers. He's trying to arrest them all. Mm. Um, Stark and the military need help trying to evacuate millions and millions of people in just 24 hours. <clears throat> Doctor Strange says, well, we could help. We want to help save lives. But, <clears throat> you know, you're just going to have to try and resist arresting us and throwing us in jail. <laughs> and Iron Man offers full pardons for any masked hero who helps and then turns themselves in. Wow. So, to clarify that, despite this being a big crisis that's happening, there's still this huge division. Tony Stark doesn't offer to leave the Outlaw Avengers alone. He says, to say thank you for saving lives, 
when you turn yourselves in and come to work for me, I won't throw you in jail first. Ooh. That's the that's what the pardon means. Yeah, that's what yeah, it's a, I guess it's a good carrot on the end of a stick, <laughs> but at the same time it's like there there's a reason why this whole thing happened. Ideological differences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. That is Tony though, isn't he? He's a bit tunnel visioned at times. Uh, comic book Tony Stark will leave you multiple times saying, Oh my god, you're a dick. Yeah, yeah. I can absolutely believe that. So can't like Doctor Strange <clears throat> just use magic to stop the Hulk? Magic uh, in the Marvel Universe, so Doctor Strange and his magic, it's not all powerful. It's not just like granting a wish, mm. right? And making anything you want to happen, happen. Doctor Strange's powers follow a certain set of rules of what he can do and what he can't do. Right. He can kill... The, mm, he believes he can kill the Hulk. But when asked about this, he, he, he says it would damn my soul. Doctor Strange will not commit murder. Stark asks him, kind of essentially this question, can't you just use your magic to send him away again? And Doctor Strange is like, that's why we're here now. We already tried that. Right behind everyone's backs, we did that. And look what happened. A world died. Like, send him away so he can tear apart someone else's world. And then, he, what, is he going to come back again even stronger? And Doctor Strange is like, we created this problem. We have to solve it. Okay, so what does back to Hulk? Then what does he do during this twenty-four uh, hour deadline? Does he sort of twiddle his thumbs? Does he go back to punching rocks in space, chilling out? <laughs> yeah, just just wait a bit, do some admin. No, he goes to destroy the X Men, as you do. So the the Hulk has learned about the Illuminati and that not all of them were a part of sending him into space. Mm. So Prince Namor actively voted against it. Ooh. Namor, when it came to a vote, and this is so brilliantly Namor, he was raging at the other members as their relationship had soured. And he said, this isn't about Banner. This is about Wanda Maximoff. You're going to punish Banner for what she did to you in your Avengers. You couldn't control her, so now you're going to punish him. That sounds Which, a bit like... Sorry, yeah, you were going to say? Which is so spot on. It's it reminds me of what happened in a in a real world of like when nine eleven happened. They went well. We might as well invade Iraq, even though it was people in Afghanistan that did that were behind this. this yeah, yeah, it's it's much more of a. This is much more of a personal emotional attack. Obviously, this is yeah. this is this is Namor saying you pathetic weak idiots. Mm. You are you failed on a human level, on the level of a friend, on the level of a work colleague, let alone a friend, you failed Wanda. You absolutely and completely failed to help her when she needed you. Yep. You could not control her. And now, you you weak-spirited people mm. are lashing out at someone else because you think it's the same thing. Yeah. And he fired in this fantastic remark to Tony Stark, because there's no one like Prince Namor when he's written well. 
He says to Tony, you used to have quite a drinking problem. Maybe we should throw you into the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you're the one that can't be, you know, you lose control as well. Maybe we should just jettison your corpse into the... Uh, So, Namor voted against this action. He wasn't part of it. And then there was Charles Xavier... Professor X was 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 uh, off with the X Men in the Shia Empire at the time, so he wasn't a part of anything that happened. So Hulk is raging; he's raging at Xavier for working with the others. For the, the, the whole concept of the Illuminati utterly has to be offensive to to people and has to be smashed and destroyed. It has to mark them as this is a huge, huge, huge mistake. It's why Black Panther wanted no part of it, because T'Challa is the smartest man in the Marvel Universe. It's not it's not Tony it's not to do with building things or planning stuff. T'Challa is the smartest man in the Marvel Universe for many, many reasons, but most because <laughs> he understands people a hell of a lot more. And he was like Hey guys, just to let you all know, this is uh, fascism, <laughs> and it's really, really bad, and you can't control people secretly, you have no mandate, you have no authority, I'm offended that you're doing this. Um, so but so he's, he's, he's angry and raging at Xavier for being part of this group, but he, he wants to know... He wants to know what he would have done. If like if Xavier was there, how would you have voted? So Hulk turns up on the front lawn of the mansion and demands Xavier turn himself over. Now all the actual proper X Men teams are not there. They're off dealing with the evacuation of Manhattan and and helping quell rioters and looters and all this stuff that's going on as this huge thing kicks off. Um, and and the only people that are home are Xavier, uh, Beast, Hank McCoy, and the latest batch of young teenagers. That the, the Xavier's you know trying to train up to use their their mutant powers. Mm. Hulk easily wipes the floor with these kids and with Beast. <laughs> it looks very very bad until Wolverine and some of the real X Men arrive at the, the nick of time to save Professor X. Okay, okay, good. But this is Professor X, right? Like we've seen plenty of times when he's controlled someone's mind or just put them to sleep. Why, <laughs> why can't he do that with the Hulk? Oh, I miss nineteen sixties Xavier. Where the the X Men teenagers would get into trouble, and then how is the plot resolved? I just mind controlled everyone against their will, made them do something, and wiped their minds. Let's have ice cream. Um, <laughs> it is well established in Marvel comics that the Hulk is generally immune to psychic attacks, mm. um, and as with all his abilities. Because like his strength and his durability and everything, the angrier the Hulk gets, the harder he is to you to to manipulate or control psychically. Right. Okay. And this version of the Hulk is the angriest Hulk there has ever ever been. So even Xavier, the most the powerful psychic the world has ever seen, is 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 there's very little chance of being able to get into his mind and doing anything. Um. Certainly, control. He could speak to him, yeah. Um, but controlling him, manipulating him, putting him to sleep, making him do stuff—very, very little chance. Xavier does try to make the Hulk see sense and understand what's going on with him, and he kind of has this psychic conversation with him and and reaches into the Hulk's memories, and this gets projected. So we see all the X Men see Hulk's time in Sakaar. Mm. 
um, Kaira, the old strong, his wife, losing everything, the massive explosion. The X-Men are horrified by what they see. And it sours mm. them in that moment on beloved Professor Xavier, oh, who, yes. FYI, is not beloved, really. We've got a lot of dark stories about Professor X to get into as the years go by. The Hulk then reveals that he knows Xavier was supposed to be at the meeting, but wasn't there. And he demands to know how Xavier would have voted. Mm. And Professor X admits, when he doesn't have to, I suppose, that if I'd been there, yes, I would have voted to send you away. Um, And he admits that he is guilty of having played God, but offers to surrender willingly Interesting to the Hulk and his forces, but the the X Men that are there, who are called the Astonishing X Men at that time, the X Men that are there will not allow Xavier uh, to go without a fight, See, and a huge fight breaks out. Oh, I can imagine. It's, this reminds me of whenever I play Civilization Six, and I'm just you know toddling along, discovering things, advancing my society, and then someone declares war on me, and I build an army just to fight back, and then I get the taste of blood. And then I take, <laughs> I, I fight them back to their cities. I take over their cities, and I basically wipe out their entire civilization. And then the other civilizations look bad, poorly upon me because I've essentially committed genocide. And I go right, you're next. Right, and, which which ones are you in this scenario then? Uh, Hulk or the X Men? Uh, Hulk. I'm I'm the ones that, that that's been angered and is basically getting vengeance, and I'm going on a massive chain right. rage. Yeah, this 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 is how I sometimes play Civilization when if someone annoys me. I guess what would be interesting in this is to maybe keep checking in with you to see uh, what stage is at what stage is what the Hulk is is doing no longer what what we consider justice and what we consider to be too far. So that might be interesting. This is going to be very interesting. Well, did we do that with the Civil War episode and you kept frowning? We just we just checked in on on what side you you yeah. came down on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was an interesting. That was interesting, wasn't it? Because then you kept implying things. I kept playing devil's advocate. It was which is which is the great way of doing things. Yeah, but yeah. with that horrible grin you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the X Men. Which which X Men are in the fight with the Hulk? Uh, this is the, uh, the 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 guys that were in the Astonishing X Men comic. So it's it's uh, Cyclops, Wolverine, um, Beast, Emma Frost. Colossus and and Kitty Pride. Okay, cool. You know all those guys, don't you? Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, yes, I do. Kitty Pride is the one that phases through walls. She's and Sprite, stuff. isn't she? She's Sprite. Oh, I, a different I, one. Very briefly, no, she is very, very briefly. She is called Sprite. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Like, or Shadow Cat is her more common name. She's right. very briefly called Sprite. Yeah, that's weird knowledge for you to have. Mm. <laughs> I think I was looking at the Wikipedia page for one of the films, oh, and you know they right. do they do the name then slash their their other name. Right. I think someone must have put it, it says Kitty Price slash Sprite, and I went, okay, mm. that's her superhero name. It's Sprite. No, she changed it from Sprite, um, and to, uh, else, she, she was Fanta. And to then... Fanta, yes, yes, <laughs> I was going that same way. She was Lilt, and then Dr. Pepper for oh, a while. I miss Lilt massively. You miss it? I used to love Lilt. It, it hasn't gone away, has it? I thought it's still about. No, I, don't, I, don't, I can't find it. I can't find it around me. You have to really search for it. It's probably because I don't live in a terribly uh, multi-ethnic uh, area. Yeah, that makes sense. Lilt is quite a favoured kind of... Uh, 
drink by non-gammons. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird, because pineapple goes so well with gammon. Anyway, hey! um, oh, that's a really is. specific joke about the use of the word gammon and the f- knowing that Lilt's got pineapple in it. Um, so Cyclops, <laughs> uh, Cyclops like blasts the Hulk with the full force. Mm. Cyclops is not mucking around. We know, yeah. Cy- we know, we know. Comic book Cyclops. He's a general. Um, full force optic blast immediately. Um, Hulk wades through that entire sea of 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 optic blast. Grabs Cyclops by his head, Ooh. hurls him away. Um, Kitty Pride grabs the Hulk. And turns him intangible, which she is able to do. Drags him into the mm. ground, and then does something she refuses generally to do. She she unfazes him in the solid object, the ground, Ooh. which can kill, can maim, can cripple. And she merges the lower half of him into the ground. Um, and she says she doesn't like the idea of crippling a man, but He's so dangerous. Um, they talk about imprisoning him somewhere safely. They think they've got this covered. Hulk b- b- rips himself out of the ground. His body already kind of regrubbing the bits that were messed up. Um, and then levels all of them with... with when, it, when Hulk does a big clap, it creates a sonic boom. Uh, it's generally called a thunderclap. He smacks his hands together. Um, and it created. Uh, I think Superman um, started to do it after the fact, um, but yeah, he goes on a big rampage. So he breaks Colossus's arms. He snaps them, Ooh. even in his metal form. The Juggernaut arrives. Hulk smashes him. I was wondering. He's going through the. Up. Yeah, he's going through the strongest members at this time. The Juggernaut is part of the X Men. Um, right. Okay. That's a story for another day. Wolverine. Um, slashes the Hulk's eyes to blind him, thinking, this is how I'll do it. And the Hulk is blinded, but he knew Wolverine was going to do this. So Hulk then, this is a a classic battle, Hulk versus Thor. We've seen this many, many times, and it kind of goes almost onto a stalemate. Mm. This time, a blind Hulk grabs Wolverine by the head and repeatedly bashes his head into the ground Multiple, multiple times. has Does not care. He's not trying to bash Wolverine's face into the ground. He's trying to do that thing that happens to boxers. Uh... Every time Wolverine's head makes impact, Wolverine's brain is bashing against the inside of his own adamantium skull again and again and again. He is... He immediately causes brain damage in in Wolverine. He does it again and again. It it goes from concussion to brain damage. You see Wolverine's eyes go crossed, blood coming out the nose. Oh, no. Wolverine Wolverine is taken out of this fight. I'm going to say that again. Wolverine is almost immediately taken out of this fight. This is the most dangerous Hulk ever. Wolverine is down and out using an incredibly smart innovative tactic that I don't think anyone's used against Wolverine before um so we're seeing like the gladiator the warlord the warrior really in this in this in this world breaker hulk a whole mess more mutants arrive to uh, protect Xavier 
Uh, Warpath is slashing Hulk with vibranium knives, but the Hulk shrugs them off. The, um, some of the X-Men crash the Blackbird jet into the Hulk. <coughs> Juggernaut, who is powered by the Crimson Gem of the Sitarak, um, strikes a deal with this cosmic entity, increases his powers and strength, takes him to incredible levels of strength. Hulk sees this, realises... This could be an issue because I'm on a ticking clock. I've got that deadline <laughs> to get to. Yeah, I shouldn't have done this side quest. Yeah, yeah so he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to fight this guy. And he just hurls the juggernaut hundreds of miles away from the fight. And he goes, that's him taken care of. Oh, um, and the Hulk rages that he will not stop until Xavier has suffered like the Hulk has suffered. How's this going to end? I can't see any of the X-Men beating Hulk. They don't. Um, no. Eventually, the younger teenage mutants have to get involved. The ones who, at the start of all this, were told, like, no, do not leave the house. Do not face the Hulk. You're just kids. We've got actual trained X-Men coming. You're just learning. Um, but they have to get involved. This confrontation with these young kids, the, the battle takes Hulk into the huge graveyard the X-Men have had to build on their land to remember all the mutants who died during the Genosha genocide and the decimation. And Hulk, for the first time, learns of the genocide of the mutant people. Um, And he sees that Xavier blames himself for all these dead kids. He asks him, do you blame yourself for all these dead children? And Xavier says, yes. And the Hulk says, good. (laughs) And the Hulk then decides, I don't want to fight kids. And he believes in that moment that Xavier has suffered exactly the same way that the Hulk has suffered. So he is content with that. This is taken care of. Um, no, no, not because he's running against a clock. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So oh, no, no. the Hulk abandons the X-Men to tend their wounds and heads back to uh, yeah to his to his deadline in Manhattan. So, have the uh, Avengers done the right thing uh, and evacuated everyone in Manhattan in just one day? I mean, it's a it's a, a big task if they have. It's a big task. Not quite. Before we... Uh, they happen roughly. Where, before we... It might be a good time to check in. Where where do you... How do you feel about... How do you feel about the Hulk? Where do you like the moment on this, on this World War Hulk? I think he's... Uh, he, he's punched a guy on the moon... He's really done some damage. I think he should calm down. I think he should he, calm down. I, he's frightened everybody. He's frightened. He's made people suffer. I think the point's been made. Now this is overkill. Never stop making them pay, Will. Don't. A don't million, this is the, over a million people dead. Yeah, but more dead isn't going to make that right. It's not going to. She's not killed anybody. No, but he's not yet. He 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 he, he upset the moon. You he upset you, the moon. You can't upset the moon. You don't realize how much damage that could potentially do by upsetting the moon. <laughs> Millions more could die through weird tidal stuff. You're scared about women's periods, aren't you, Will? <laughs> That's the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you disrupt the moon, Jesus. Those things might last longer. <laughs> oh, God. So, um. There are. They've evacuated everyone that wants to be evacuated. However, 
Manhattan, there are those groups in Manhattan have chosen to stay. Criminals and looters roam the streets. Oh, I thought for a second they would be like, no, I don't believe it's actually happening, no. <laughs> Anti-Hulkers. Anti-Hulkers. I don't believe Hulkers. I think it's all a government conspiracy to make us scared. Joe Rogan says that actually... Uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as the Hulk. And if you just take this horse pesticide... Um, there are also groups of hundreds of people who have stayed in order to support the Hulk. Oh. Public opinion on the Civil War was split down the middle. Mm. Team Cap, Team Iron Man... This was made worse by Tony Stark being handed control of S.H.I.E.L.D. and by Captain America being assassinated. Stark and S.H.I.E.L.D. are seen by many as being like fascists and all of this. Mm. Um, the, the Hulk exposing their secret moves and betrayals and plots and plans has galvanized a lot of these dissenters and they flocked to see the Hulk smash. <laughs> Which is very reminiscent of exactly what happened on Sakaar mm. when the Hulk was gladiator and an outlaw battling against the Red King. All these people oh. rose up, followed the Hulk against this fascist overlord. That's quite it's, it's quite clever, isn't it? It's really smart. Yeah. And I'll I missed it the first time I read it. I missed it. It's only in kind of Rereading and having a bit more of a deeper because I write about it now and I and I'm I'm looking for context and stuff. I had a bit of a a, a deeper kind of grasp of some of these things. Do, do, it reminded me uh, a similar thing happened where I finally got the subtext of something. Uh, Terminator Two. Remember when Sarah Connor tries to kill Miles Dyson in his home? Yeah. And the way she's doing it does it with no emotion and then stops at the last moment and breaks and sort of breaks down. It's like yeah. it's, it's not it's not because he, she was about to murder a man. It was because she became a, she became the Terminator. Her biggest her biggest fear. Yeah, and it was like I, I never understood. I never got that subtext till like the the twentieth watch, and I went, oh, that scene hits so much deeper now. So and it's not just deeper. the way she's doing it; it's the very fact she's trying to hmm? kill someone before they do a before thing. Do a thing? Yeah, exactly. And if you look yeah. at the expression on her face. She is not recoiling. She's focused. No, she is so good in that movie. God, I love that film. So, so much. good in that movie. Yeah, such a good role. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so Manhattan, the evacuation of everyone that will leave or wants to leave has happened. Stark suits up with a brand new version of the Hulkbuster armor. Ray. And and flies into Manhattan to stop the Hulk. He tells the Avengers. We now have a, a big pool of both sides. We have the official Avengers and the outlaw Avengers. And he says, this armor is the only thing that can withstand the Hulk. You cannot come with me into battle now. It will be a massacre. You have to hold back until I have weakened the Hulk. And then whatever happens to me, I will have weakened him. Then you come in. This fight is huge. This is like the force of every punch shattering windows, rocking these empty buildings. Um, it, it, they don't have to... There's no holding... Iron Man doesn't have to hold back and worry about um, civilians because there are none. They've, well, there are some, but we've got everybody out. The president even makes this kind of declaration. If you've stayed behind, then you've 
you've chosen that you've chosen to be in the middle of a war zone you've really chosen hulk over your country so let the chips lie where they may um iron man has the upper hand um but he fires missiles at the hulk and as the missiles explode in fire around him hulk has this kind of flashback this vision of his wife and child dying in fire and flames and his rage grows even deeper he screams you killed them at iron man and then he beats iron man cracks the armor beats him into stark tower avengers tower and as the avengers watch on hulk Pounds and pounds and pounds on Iron Man into the building until he's not just destroyed the Hulkbuster armor, he demolishes Stark Tower. It it crashes and collapses down in the middle of Manhattan. Um, This this shining, gleaming tower of the superheroes and the Avengers and the pious Tony Stark falls completely. And Hulk emerges from the um, from the wreckage, carrying Tony Stark's body and the broken Hulkbuster armor. Ooh! So far, the Hulk has beaten Black Bolt, <laughs> yeah, all of the, the X Men, yeah, and yeah. Iron Man. Like, how do the Avengers react? They're about to attack. She Hulk steps in and is like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" She tries to reason with her cousin, and 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 you know that thing that a lot of this happens. This is so classic with Hulk. Hulk's doing a big thing, and someone comes in and tries to reason with Hulk and goes, "Bruce, I know you're in there, Bruce. Yeah, listen to me, Bruce. Yeah." So she tries to do that with her cousin. Hulk punches her into the ground. No, not having any of it. Ares, the god of war, is the next to attack. This guy is essentially Thor. He's the Greek Thor, right? <laughs> he is the member of the Greek pantheon. Um, well, or he's, I suppose he's, yeah, there's Hercules as well. Yeah. But he's one of the top members of the Greek pantheon. He's also a member of the Avengers, these these mighty Avengers, government-sponsored Avengers. He's the first in, and again, Thor just, just ends him. Um, the rest of the Avengers attack, and, and there's loads of these Avengers... Because there's two teams now. But the Hulk is not alone. He has the Warbound. Hiriam, Meek. You yes, know the guys I from remember. Korg. And in this story, it is specifically described as... They describe Hulk as being stronger than ever. And then they describe... They say each member of the Warbound is described as being nearly as strong as the Hulk used to be. Wow. So this is like an entire team of Hulks led by a super Hulk. This um, is insane. Yeah, the Warbound handle the remaining Avengers as the Hulk leaps towards the Baxter building. He is hunting Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. It's like he's doing a little mini tour of the different teams. He's got to get through. Hulk has a plan. Yeah. This is not wild. This is not unstrategic. He conquered a world. <laughs> he has a plan. Yeah. This a is... very specific plan. Okay. So, more fallout from Civil War. The Fantastic Four was kind of split down the middle. 
uh, because Reed Richards joined Tony Stark mm-hmm. in doing some super nefarious, dodgy stuff. Yeah, he built a prison in an in in hell. <laughs> and put all, all his friends there. He built weapons and cloned cyborgs and mm-hmm. all of that. And his wife hated it, and the team got split. And as a result, at the very end, when things kind of well resolved to a certain extent. Sue and Reed Richards left the team of the Fantastic Four to go and try and repair their marriage, mm. and they 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 handpicked their replacements to, to help the Fantastic Four keep going for a bit. It was Black Panther and Storm who were <laughs> newly married at the time. Wow! Um, Black Panther and Storm got married. Um, they were childhood friends, and uh, because white writers think Africa is that small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my only explanation for that. No, 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 no. You're right. You're there right. There are like two yeah. prominent characters from Africa, and all of a sudden, they met as children. Africa's cool. a, Africa's Good. a country, isn't it? It's a country. Yeah, yeah really not... small little country. Oh, so God. anyway, but I still think it was a really cool union. I actually really liked them okay, as a couple. Yeah, okay. That's nice. Um, so they were now the Fantastic Four after Civil War was the thing: Human Torch, Black Panther, and 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 Storm. So when the Hulk comes back at this period of time, Reed and Sue have just come back. And so when the Hulk attacks, he finds Reed, Sue, Ben, Johnny, T'Challa, and and uh, Aurora. Um, and so Reed and T'Challa are building some sort of weapon to stop the Hulk. But they need more time. Mm. With no civilians anywhere nearby, Human Torch Johnny Storm unleashes the full extent of his power... So-called Nova Flame, which has come up a few times oh, in the past. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. He pours on incredible levels of heat and energy, um, to the point where he burns himself out. Uh, and when it finally burns out, he just falls unconscious from exhaustion. And standing in the middle of this like sun, <laughs> this mini sun, <laughs> the Hulk is burnt and on fire, but he's still standing. Oh. Uh, thing gets in there and starts to slug it out. Now the thing has probably never been able to beat the Hulk, no, at any level, let alone this. But Ben Grimm will never stop, ever. He has. He in every fight in the modern era, he's written as having like the heart of the big, the most like I don't like uh, just a a a dumb pug boxer yeah. who would rather die in the ring than let any of his friends down. Yeah, I know. And that so guy. with a Hulk that won't stop and the thing that will never give up, it really looks like the Hulk might kill Ben Grimm. And suddenly, at the very last second, he is. Bathed in the light of the sentry arriving on the scene. Oh, the sentry. So it all makes sense. I was wondering when he'd pop up because you did this whole thing of, hey, remember when uh, everybody at Marvel tricked people (laughs) for for money? Uh, Okay, great. I was wondering how it all tie in. So, sentry... The man with the power of a million <laughs> exploding suns. Bloody hell. Read, I don't think read that's a his book. Of, that's not his official power level. I know. That was just uh, the guys trying to create something that sounded very silly and 60s-ish. I know, I know. Like, the man with the... So anyway. He's uh, insanely powerful, though. It's insanely powerful. Okay. Surely, it's at this point, he can just defeat the Hulk, right? 
Well, the one thing that was established in that Sentry miniseries is that the Sentry is best friends with the Hulk. <laughs> the Hulk called him Golden Man. Yeah. He had this bright yellow and blue costume. The energy that the Sentry gives off mm. completely soothes the Hulk. It calms him down and stops him being angry. So the Hulk loves being around the Sentry, and they were very good friends. So the Hulk stops his rampage, stares at this light. He's almost hypnotized by it. Only this is not the Sentry at all. This is the device Reed Richards was making. It's Reed Richards using uh, his devices, his his machines, to replicate the light of the Sentry. And he's bombarding the Hulk with it, trying to calm him down. But the Hulk sees through this grabs Reed, shatters these devices, and begins hitting him again and again. But Sue Storm is protecting her husband with invisible shields, Mm. invisible force fields that the Invisible Woman can create. But the Hulk is hitting these shields so hard, it is hurting Sue Storm. It's a mental thing she has to do. Yeah. And in the past, it's been established... If she is using her powers to deflect too much, it causes her, like, not even my, like, pain in the brain. Mm. <laughs> like, it's intense intense pain. And the feedback is, it, she's bleeding from the nose from this as he's pounding her shields, trying to, it looks like, kill her husband. Sue begs Hulk to stop. And the Hulk says, if I set a bomb killed your husband, killed your children, your whole world, would you ever stop? You don't know my pain! Yeah, finally he punches her shield so hard, the pain knocks Sue out. And I think that's a very apropos thing. Like, Sue and Reed are are parents. Yeah. You know, and they are the most famous couple in the Marvel Universe. It's, it's, It's a very appropriate thing to say... If I'd killed your husband, would you ever, ever stop? Mm. Would you would you let me go? Would you just stop? Or would you do whatever it took? Right? Like, he's not doing anything wild. I mean, that's the point of this story. Yeah. They keep treating him like he's a monster. Is he a monster, right? Hulk then begins punching and grabbing and tearing at Reed's stretchy body and, until he's just a, a puddle. Ooh. Like, a, like a, a complete stretchy man puddle on the floor, battered and bleeding. Yeah. And Hulk and the Warbound drag the bodies of the Avengers and the Fantastic Four through the streets of Manhattan with these people cheering to Madison Square Garden where they've kind of made their home. Sue Storm, barely, barely conscious calls Bob Reynolds the sentry and begs him to come and help them. But but Bob is agoraphobic and terrified of his own power. He's already been spoken... Like, yeah. Iron Man has already asked him to help and he hasn't left the house yet. No, no, he, no. he sits and watches all this on TV, kind of just very a very damaged man. Oh, God. So... We've gone through just about everyone. I mean, who else has got the power to fight this version of the Hulk? Please don't say the Punisher. Nicholas be- Cage! Aha, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh. <laughs> there's a big Hulk tearing apart Manhattan. I'll take him down. Yeah, it's Ghost Rider time, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, Johnny Blaze rides to Manhattan to to help avenge the innocent. And at this particular time, um, Johnny Blaze is constantly fighting the demon inside him for control of, of Ghost Rider's powers. Um, and Ghost Rider, the demon, does not want to go to Manhattan and fight the Hulk. Johnny Blaze kind of takes control and forces mm. it to happen. That's not a good sign if the demon doesn't want to do it, because that's a hungry boy. Hungry boy. Yeah. Um, so they rock up, have a big fight. The Hulk uses his thunderclap to, for the first time, I think, ever, snuff out the flames on Ghost Rider. Ooh. Put out his hellfire for the first time Ooh. and send him into this huge kind of crater. Does it, does it, um, is, is, is that an actual thing, or is that just decorative hellfire? Like, if, he's, if he gets snuffed out, he no longer has power or something. Well, the only other times I think you've seen it snuffed out is in, in kind of maybe what-if stories, which signifies that he's dead. Uh-huh. Um, but it it, 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 it it pops back and he kind of is back in it yeah. um, Ghost Rider then rides away from the Hulk on his motorcycle like oh maybe he's given up unleashes his chain his mystic hellfire chain <laughs> rides very very fast around a skyscraper wrapping his chain around the bottom of it oh, and then pulls no. the skyscraper down crashing it on top of the Hulk burying him Um, the Ghost Rider then wraps the chain around the Hulk and rides off dragging him through the streets bouncing him behind the bike Doctor Strange is observing this fight from his Sanctum Sanctorum and he notes that Ghost Rider possesses this is the first time this has ever been expressed and I don't know if it's ever been expressed again since but apparently in this instance Doctor Strange says Ghost Rider possesses virtually limitless power, but he's actually held back by the mortal mind and consciousness of Johnny Blaze. Okay. And in that moment, um, Johnny Blaze kind of actually realizes that himself and completely gives up, surrenders control completely to the demon. Oh god. Ghost Rider then his flames kick up. He's at he's at full power now. This sounds a lot like uh, Jean Grey surrendering to the Phoenix. Possibly, yeah. I mean yeah. that's that's my take. I don't yeah. care what I mean you it is think. it is a, like a human mind, a human mm. consciousness with a kind of otherworldly entity. Um Ghost Rider like unleashes his all his the full power of his hellfire at the Hulk and for the very first time since this all began, he hurts the Hulk. Ooh. That had never happened so far in World War Hulk. Hulk is burned by this hellfire, and it looks like Ghost Rider could... I don't know if he could win the fight, but it looks like he's going to deal some serious, serious damage. But then Ghost Rider essentially looks inside the Hulk's soul, stops fighting altogether, turns right in his bike, and rides off. Yep. I thought that would happen because um, Hulk is he's not he's not the bad guy here if you if you you know get get through it Doctor Strange who's watching it says Ghost Rider only avenges and protects the innocent yep. so he has no business here and Doctor Strange says because the last thing we are is innocent Yeah I bloody so, knew it I saw off, that off coming. he rides Yeah off he rides to be in a national treasure film uh, sorry, no, that's Nicolas Cage. So, okay, let's see what we got. We've got okay, the X-Men, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, uh, and then Ghost Rider. I take it uh, the Punisher doesn't turn up. I'm, I'm holding out for a Punisher. 
Um, he, everyone, every, there are so many. So what happens with this? There are so many um, spin-off miniseries. So the Punisher is involved, but I, he only fights the Warbound. He never fights the Hulk. Hmm. I believe he kills one of the Sicarians. Um, I think he somehow has access to a Venom symbiote. It's it's a Ooh, bit. If you ask me, well it's a bit though. stupid. Yeah, he becomes is- kind of Venom Punisher and kills an alien. Uh, I, but I didn't. I can't. It can't include absolutely everything in this because there are many, many spin-offs and miniseries that tie into it. Um, but these are the major beats. Absolutely. Okay, so who is left then? General Thunderbolt Ross. No, he can't do anything. He rocks up with the U.S. Army and declares. All the super people have had their chance and failed. Now it's time for the professional Hulk killers. No, they're not. They're rubbish. (laughs) Well, Ross has a very special squad. Really? Who are all armed with adamantium bullets and shrapnel. Something which they know for a fact can pierce the Hulk's skin. Uh, And they are all... They they now have machine guns (laughs) where every bullet will be like Wolverine's claws. (laughs) They have invested in this. And so they open fire. And they, they, they make the Hulk bleed for the first time. They riddle him with these adamantium bullets and missiles that explode with adamantium shrapnel. Um, And the Hulk is on the run for the first time, running from this. What were they doing this entire time? I think it's to do with they have to get approval, and Tony Stark said he had it. I'm the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. will handle it. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. And while the Hulk is in pain and danger for the first time and on the run, that's the perfect time for Doctor Strange to make his move. Because he's been waiting for a moment to be able to get past the Hulk's like natural defenses, and as the army attack, Doctor Strange like psychically warps the Hulk to the uh, the the spiritual plane. He's still in control of his body, the though. Astral plane, yeah. Okay, that sounds a bit weird because he's going to be in two. His mind can be in two places at once. Well, what's happening as you see from the soldier's mm. perspective? Hulk is yelling at someone who's not there and trying to hit someone that's not there. Ah, uh, gotcha. Hulk in the astral plane threatens to tear Doctor Strange apart. And Doctor Strange is there only in his astral form, so he's not physically really there. But suddenly this he does a real Gandalf thing. He grows massive and he towers over the Hulk. And he says, hear me well, Bruce Banner. Your anger means nothing to me. I am the Sorcerer Supreme. I could snuff... The feeble flame of your mortal life with the merest twitch of a finger. But I am also your friend. <laughs> Let me help you, Bilbo. Um, Bilbo. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's to me. I read it. hundred percent is that scene in uh, the very start of Fellowship. Yeah. Where um, he he Gandalf suddenly becomes dark and kind of terrible and listen to me Bilbo Baggins and then he's like I am your friend give me the ring all of that Um, I really think that's what they were going for yeah so Hulk and he he, he appeals to the man inside the monster quote Mm. unquote and Hulk like listen to me turns in the astral plane he the Hulk becomes Bruce Banner for the first time. Oh, wow. And, and shows Strange everything that happened to him on Sakaar. And Bruce weeps and drops to his knees. 
And his old friend, Stephen Strange, who always gave him sanctuary, always gave him... There were teammates together on mm. the Defenders. They were always were friends until he betrayed him. He actually turns himself uh, physical in the astral plane so he can console him and hug him. So he goes from being a spiritual, uh, ethereal, not really there, to he, he, he becomes physical. Right. And Doctor Strange puts his hand on his shoulder and says, I've got you, Bruce. And Bruce says... No, I've got you. Grabs his hands, becomes the Hulk again. Oh, was no. Was playing possum the whole time. Oh, you tri- tricky man. May, may well have never become Bruce Banner. Because it was the it was a, like an astral projection. Mm. That could have been the Hulk pretending to become Bruce Banner. Now he, now he waited until Doctor Strange became physical in that, in that plane. Grabs Doctor Strange's hands... And shatters the bones. Shatters every bone in his hand. Doctor Strange screams and, you know, he goes instinctively flying back to what his real, you know, where he is Mm. in the the, the Sanctum Sanctorum. But with completely... So Hulk smashes through General Ross's army. That's not really... He just breaks the helicopters and their tanks and smashes way through it. But Doctor Strange back home reveals that... With his broken hands, he is—he cannot cast spells. Oh God! Like he used to, he is virtually powerless. So, oh, I don't know who else we we we, we got, but well, uh, let's let's. How do we feel now? Let's check in again. Mm. Oh, are we? You said it was too far before. You immediately you were too far. Well, <laughs> he should stop. How, how the hell do I go from too far to win the over? I don't know. I'm still. I mean, I yeah. can understand the logic. I'm not saying he's being illogical, but there's a point. There's where no logic. This is not about logic. Well, I am. So deal with it. Uh, but the Hulk's not doing a logical thing, is he? He's just. These people do need to pay. How do you make these people who put themselves above governments? How do you make them pay? I was going to say take them to the civil claims court, but <laughs> you went above government, so that's. Uh... I don't know. Uh, appeal to their sense of humanity. These are liars and traitors. Traitors? Yeah. Traitors. They're, they're, they're liars and traitors. Why would he ever believe them? Okay. Why would he ever believe they have... Well, there we go. There we go. Okay. So enough about the superheroes left. Uh, what about the superheroes that have been captured? What, what's happening with them? Oh. Um, they've been dragged so the- off, haven't they? Mm. So the Warbound have ripped the roof off Madison Square Garden and turned it into an amphitheatre, a coliseum, Uh, like where they were all forced to fight as gladiators. And the seats in Madison Square Garden are filled with these ordinary people who come out to cheer the Hulk on. And Hulk and the Warbound have fitted each and every one of the captured heroes with the obedience discs from Sakaar that turned all of them into slaves. Can't he see he's becoming the Red King? And Hulk intends to make the Illuminati fight each other to the death mm. in the amphitheatre this, this is, slash this, Madison Square Garden. This is this is getting too, too much now. An important note here is that one of these regular people that have stayed behind and is in Madison Square Garden is Rick Jones. Rick Jones! 
What's where does that come from? What is that? I I, I ask this every time. I have no uh, idea. It's in, it's from the Chappelle show where he plays. He does Rick James. Oh, Rick James. Rick right, James. Okay. That's all I right, hear when I hear Rick yeah. Jones. Rick James. So Rick Jones is the Hulk's oldest friend and former sidekick. In the Marvel comics, Hulk's origin is based around the testing of a of a gamma bomb. Uh, that that Bruce Banner has built at the very last moment, he sees that in this kind of abandoned desert where they're going to test out this gamma bomb, there's a kid who hasn't read the signs and he's going to be caught up in in this explosion and killed. Mm. And Bruce Banner rushes out there, shoves the kid into this um, this ditch, which saves him from the radiation, and by doing that is caught himself in the Gamma Bomb's explosion, and that makes him the Hulk. And from that point on, Rick Jones, who felt awful and guilty about what, what, he'd, what he'd been a part of, and that by saving his life, Banner had become cursed, he follows Bruce Banner around, he helps him, he always defends the Hulk, and always, always, always says to everybody, you are, you are, this is all wrong. The Hulk is misunderstood. And for decades and decades, the Hulk was completely misunderstood. It was always a case of the public, the army, and the press don't know the full story. They just see... A monster. A monster. And yeah, he does destructive things. But nine times out of ten, he's punching the people that need to be punched. Um <laughs> And so Rick Jones is here for this. During all of this, mm. he is not opposing the Hulk. He is kind of just standing around being the constant voice of reason, trying to be the Hulk's conscience, is Jimmy Cricket. Mm. Um, refusing to believe the Hulk has become a monster. Okay, okay. And he's he comes into conflict with Meek an awful lot. And Meek, the insect hive guy from yeah, the Warbound, yeah. who, become, who became this big dude. Um, he leveled up, didn't he? He leveled the cocoons, didn't he? Yeah, and became bigger and and uh, and uh, armor plated and everything, and Hulk like in power, in strength even. Um, he's become even more aggressive and brutal since Sakaar was destroyed. All his hive were wiped out. Everyone, all his brothers and sisters mm. that he'd rescued, oh, all those slaves that he'd rescued, all killed, and Meek. Like he did at the end of Planet Hulk, keeps counselling Hulk to kill the heroes. <laughs> um, you remember there was a phrase that Hulk said to Meek once, and Meek it kept kept coming back, and it's like Meek's only lesson that he's learned: never stop making them pay. Yeah, was, was what Hulk said to him, yeah. and he's still got this now. So as as Meek keeps like counselling Hulk to kill his enemies. Um, and anyone that gets in his way, Rick Jones is always there saying, "I believe in you, Hulk. You're a good guy, Hulk. You're a good person. Hey, don't go crazy, Hulk. Don't do this. Mm. It's a really ongoing die." And he's never asked to leave or told to or or forced to shut up or thrown in a jail or anything. Hulk doesn't exactly like like say, "Yeah, you're right, Rick." He just kind of like he hears it. Yeah, he's not-, not sure whether he's taking it in. He's just he's gonna let it carry on yeah just you say your thing whatever i'll just continue doing what i'm doing also never stop making them pay is by far the worst coping mechanism i've ever heard in my life <laughs> it's not meant to be healthy i know it's it's so- this is a story of revenge and justice revenge is never healthy so so he makes them fight each other hulk actually makes the superheroes fight each other with the obedience discs 
It right before he does, Madison Square Garden is attacked by a giant, insane-looking Doctor Strange, Ooh. who breaks in, shouting, "Strange smash!" No, no. So after after having his hands broken, Doctor Strange was unable to cast spells. Believing he had only one possible route to power, he has given his body over to possession by a demonic cosmic being and essentially become like kind of almost a Ghost Rider deal. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. A being called Zom. Zom. A being Zom, a being more powerful and older than Dormammu. Ooh, well, a being who could not be defeated by any mortal and has only ever been imprisoned by this thing called eternity. Now, eternity <laughs> is literally everything given a conscious form. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know the concept of everything? Should we make that yep. into a character? Yeah, yep. go for it. It's really great. That's tremendous. <laughs> and whenever it's depicted, the background is completely white. And there's a a, a, a a sort of a human-esque form. Yeah. And in the human-esque form is space, like black space yes. with stars and planets and You've mentioned stars for eyes. It's really, really cool. You've yeah. mentioned it before. That sounds amazing. So the only thing that was ever able to stop Zom was eternity. <laughs> um, so, but but an, a, ty- a small essence of Zom, the last thing left, has long been been uh, trapped in a, in a mystical prison and guarded by Doctor Strange in his Sanctum Sanctorum. Faced with this world breaker version of Hulk and with no way of casting spells, Strange ingested <laughs> the spirit, the essence of Zom, and has become a hulking mystical brute. <laughs> And instead of hands, his broken hands are now covered by glowing blue mystical maces at the end of his hands. And he's he's giant. He's he's bigger than Hulk. And he's crashing through Madison Square Garden, shouting things like strange smash and puny monsters, which is glorious (laughs) line. And so Zom Strange attacks the Warbound and he crushes them. He shatters Hiromim's arms, he crushes Korg, and he he savagely attacks the Hulk and knocks him out of Madison Square Garden and they go... They go fighting through the abandoned kind of parts of, of Manhattan, albeit with these followers, these Hulk cheerleaders in, in the area. Strange is gets his he he is savage. Mm. He is a mindless brute. And he's wilder and angrier and every second. He's gone he's become a mindless savage Hulk creature, right? Yeah. Completely out of control. And he collapses a building on top of the Hulk at the but as it falls there are innocent people around Ooh. Hulk who get crushed as well. And Strange immediately realises what he's done. And and he's like, no, Strange, sorry. <laughs> and he goes digging through the rubble. Yeah. And he finds that the Hulk shielded the people with his own body. And, and everyone is safe. Ooh. But no thanks to Strange Zom. Yeah, and uh, and he's strange, kind of in his broken because he can't speak properly. Mm. He's lost so much humanity to this power; he can't speak. But he does say that this much anger and this much power 
is hard to control. So what happens next then? Like, can they stop the? Can can Zom Strange stop the Hulk? Whether he could, we don't know, but he doesn't because this moment of conscience and and hesitation at what he's done, this moment of reacting with um, horror at his own rage and anger and the power of it is all it takes. That's distracted by it and Hulk beats him unconscious. Whatever was going on with Zom comes to an end and forces an obedience disc onto Doctor Strange, and that's the end of Strange Smash. Oh, wow. Um, Hulk now has all of the Illuminati that he wants, and he has them gathered in the middle of Madison Square Garden on trial, broadcasting this to the world. And Hulk brings regular people hurt by the Illuminati to... to give evidence against them wow a woman the first to speak a woman talks about black bolt she talks about a recent incident where the inhumans fought against the u.s military and her husband was killed by the the inhumans in the crossfire oh no um tom foster speaks now tom foster is the nephew of a superhero called goliath Goliath was murdered during the Civil War when Tony Stark and Reed Richards took it upon themselves to build a cyborg clone of Thor that went mad with power. A cyborg clone of Thor. We talked about this guy, Ragnarok, and he killed Goliath. And this is Goliath's nephew coming forward to give evidence against these people. And a young woman speaks up about what Doctor Strange literally just did saying he drank the soul of a demon and nearly killed us all. Mm. They talk about law, but they all act as a law unto themselves. There we are. There's the major running theme. The Illuminati try to protest against this, but Hulk interrupts them and says, Don't like it, do you? It's not fair. It's not the whole story. You have excuses. You have explanations. You're innocent. These people don't know what really happened. They don't know what's in your heart. Well, now you know how it feels to be a monster. Ooh. Ooh, that's quite tactical for the Hulk, isn't it? Literally everything that has happened to the Hulk his entire life. Mm. He knows this isn't the full story. He knows there are excuses and explanations. But he also knows nobody ever cared about that when it was him yeah when it was the hulk at the other end of this he was a monster punish him make him pay try to kill him shoot him into space so the hulk throws weapons at at their feet and this is it time to fight to the death and we're reminded by the warbound that not even the silver surfer could resist the obedience discs um, on Sakaar. That's how strong and powerful they are. They, they, there's no getting out of this. And with mm. swords and maces and shields and clubs, Black Bolt, Tony Stark, Reed Richards and Doctor Strange are forced to fight each other, kind of begging each other for forgiveness as they do it. Oh, God. Like, please defend yourself. Please, God, defend yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, Strange is able to use some magic 
and he I, he sets Black Bolt on fire and kind of burns him as they fight. Tony Stark tries to use his he's got this kind of mild technopathy and to take care control of the robot guards, the Sakarian robot guards that the Hulk has got, thinking that would help him get free. But as soon as he does that, the obedience desk compels him to use the robot guards to fight his friends. So now Tony Stark <laughs> has turned these robot guards to you know shoot at yeah. Doctor Strange and Reed Richards and all the other superheroes are forced to watch with their own obedience discs to watch these people fight. And a crowd of humans cheering this on as they believe this is justice. Just a sec there, though. Uh, I, I forgot that Stark had technopathy under his skills. Yeah. He can control robots with his mind. Um, he has... Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of all the powers he gets with extremists. He has some level of it. I think he has some level of it. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think it's full. Okay, so I don't he, think it's a major power. Okay, so he has basic tech. I, I just find it incredible. That's that's like a. That's not uh you know down to earth something you can learn. That's Do, a- remember, we talked about this with Iron Man three. Um, once oh. we get through the extremists. Yes, Tony Stark becomes a super-powered superhero. That was it. I remember. Now. He has nano, nano, te- nanobots in his bloodstream, and he is a tech god. Um, yeah. Uh, how do you feel at the moment about all of this? Well, to, to be honest, as soon as uh, he gave his raison. Reason, sir. I was going to say raise on Detra, but that's something else. As soon as Hulk gave his reason for it, I'm like, okay, you're swaying me over now. <laughs> yeah, I get it's it. Such a powerful speech because it? it's not about it's not about Sakara anymore. It's about his entire existence. Yes, and it's like, yeah, okay, okay, you win. That's so apt. You're right. You've it won is me about over. his whole existence. Yeah. Bloody Beaten hell. and exhausted, and, and and half they're all half mad. They're all screaming in, in anger now at each other, yeah, because they're being attacked and having to fight each other. Like you, it doesn't matter if the person's your best friend. If they're trying to kill you, mm. you you know you get angry and you fight back. And Reed Richards is like the last man standing, Ooh. thanks to his powers, his stretchiness, um, and is impervious to kind of a lot of damage. And he's standing over a completely defeated Tony Stark, who has no armor at all. And Reed has a mace raised over his head. He's bleeding, and he is screaming in rage, ready to deliver the the, the killing blow. And as it's raised, Hulk sort of says, we're all monsters now. And Reed swings that death blow, misses by inches. And he's like, "Oh, Tony, did you did you stop the obedience disc? Did you break their coding? Did you?" And he's like, "I didn't do a single thing." Hulk has won his victory. That this is it. This mm-hmm. is the this is the victory. He has driven the Illuminati to the very brink of murder. He's made them confront what it is like to be unfairly accused, hunted, branded a monster by the public. To have people cheer as you are attacked and then driven into a murderous rage. That is the Hulk's victory. Yeah. And he has turned off the obedience discs now. And he says, remember this puny humans. We came here for justice, not murder. 
so no one on your planet has died by our hands, but we'll make sure no one on Earth will ever forget what you are. Liars, traitors, and killers. And now we will raise this city to the ground as a permanent reminder and leave you to your shame. Oh, that's a harsh lesson. And that's when the sentry attacks and everything goes to hell. So why does Sentry attack now at the very end when it's all over? Well, firstly, he's a very unwell man. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, he spent the entire event being too scared to move. He's sort of finally at the end compelled into action by remembering something Tony Stark said about how this is, this is the worst thing <laughs> This is everything that is wrong with Tony Stark and everything that this story is about. He tells the sentry that sometimes you have to play God. <laughs> which, which is exactly what um, the Illuminati have been doing since they came together mm. and it has led to all these horrible, awful problems. But that is the thing that stayed with the century, and finally he has left the house to do this. And he 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 he, he um, doesn't know how it's ended. He flew from the house before the Hulk had revealed he wasn't going to have anyone die. Um, but also, I do not think at all that this is about helping people. This is more about the century being very very messed up. Yeah. Um, he, <coughs> He um, he attacks a destroyed stadium. The 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 stadium starts to collapse. So the um, the heroes and the warbound team up immediately to save the civilians to get them out of out of danger. The Sentry and the Hulk fight, and it is it is apocalyptic it is Ooh. it is really horrifying to kind of especially cuz the sentry has this kind of this almost blank look on his face and occasionally this smile his eyes are completely white there's Ooh. no there's no eyeballs no pupils he's gone into god mode basically and every time the hulk hits him he's happy about it and he's like yeah just one just one more time i'm nearly i'm nearly there I'm almost at the station. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, it's a, that's a sex joke. Oh, okay. I'm almost at the well, station. Yeah. This is an this is this is hell on earth. Yeah. And 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 they as they they try to to kill each other, they are utterly destroying Manhattan around them. And the Sentry is able for the first time ever to fully unleash his whole power Ooh. the power of a million exploding suns yeah which it seems like he's been desperate to do and he's kind of happy every time the hulk punches him in the face and he's happy that he can hit the hulk as strong as, 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 as with as much power as he's got but it's, it, basically so much energy is expended in the battle that both the Hulk reverts to Bruce Banner and the Sentry reverts to Robert Reynolds, Bob Reynolds. And they both are there as normal mortals in this destroyed wasteland. And Bob Reynolds thanks Bruce for for stopping him before just absolutely collapsing. 
Wow. To my mind, the Sentry had been simultaneously desperate to fully unleash his power and at the same time absolutely terrified of doing that. When he sees a Hulk even more powerful than himself, he knows he can finally release all this anger and rage at the world and his life and there will actually be someone more powerful than him to stop him. And maybe even to kill him. Yeah. I will say now... I don't think there is any point, any reason for this to be in the story. <laughs> the century bit, I don't think it's it's weird. It's it felt like a clean ending, but this hasn't really done anything. It's sort of like the fight ended, and then another fight started, and then ended. Well, we're, yeah. So yeah. Banner, Bruce Banner, looks at the gathered heroes and the Warbound. And he's still standing, and his eyes are glowing green. And Meek goes nuts. He is disgusted at the sight of Bruce Banner. This is his king. (laughs) This is his king. This is king who taught him everything. He demands the Hulk returns. And when that doesn't happen, Meek lunges at Bruce Banner with a spear to run him through. And in an inversion of their origin, at the last second, Rick Jones pushes Bruce to safety. Oh. And Meek runs Bruce Jones through with the spear all the way through, killing him. That's very, yeah, that's very powerful. And Meek stands over Rick Jones' body with the bloody spear and, and is shouting at, at Bruce Banner, become the Hulk again, become the Hulk again. And the Hulk, Bruce Hulk's out, and he is really, really, really lost it. This was his oldest, the death of his oldest friend, and he is killing Meek. And the rest of the Warbound try to stop him and say, no, 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 we are bonded for life, we are Warbound. You can't ever do this to each other, ever. It doesn't matter what the other person's done. And Hulk turns on the Warbound. Wow. And he smashes each and every one of them. No more allegiances. No no alliances are stronger than his rage and and grief. And he pounds and pounds and pounds on Meek. And Meek is happy. He is content with this. Because this is what the Hulk is. This is what his leader is. This is the leader he wants to follow. This warrior. Mm. That mortal was offensive to him. Yeah, It was insulting. It was disgusting to him. Never stop making them pay. That's the lesson. And if he becomes Bruce Banner, he can't do that. And Meek says, that's why I have to keep reminding you. That's why I killed them all. Ooh. And so we get Meek's angry confession. Oh? At the end of Planet Hulk, the Hulk has stopped being angry. And he had stopped making his enemies pay. He'd become a wise ruler. He had married. He was going to have a child. He was no longer fighting and killing. And when Meek went to the Hulk and was about to execute their captured, surrendered enemies, the Hulk stopped him Uh and said, we are all together now. And Meek 
said they should have slaughtered anyone who ever stood against them and kept on killing and kept on taking revenge, kept on being angry. So Meek stood by and watched as the soldiers, loyal to the dead Red King, loaded an old damaged warp core aboard the Hulk's shuttle, watched them sabotage it and turn it into a bomb. And Meek stood back, did nothing didn't say a word because he knew the Hulk needed reminding. He knew that this bomb would make the Hulk angry once more. Oh, God, what a twist. That is a brutal, massive twist. Also, uh, just uh, just thought for a second that I think that um, cent- the century fight was needed because it's you needed someone to drain him back to a human to make the next part happen. I think there's other ways it could have been done without that character, but yeah. Fair enough. And this betrayal, this fresh heartbreak, we've seen a very composed Hulk until now. Mm. He was following a plan. He was a warrior with a purpose. This causes the Hulk to become insanely angry, angrier than ever before. He is now radiating waves of insane gamma power from his body that are destroying things around him and he's not doing anything he's just standing there and reed richard says to him it's okay bruce we're here to help you this time and hulk screams at him none of this would have happened without you i will hate you forever And now the Hulk has truly become a world breaker. No. (laughs) As he shouts, buildings collapse. As he takes a single step, his power creates devastating earthquakes up and down the east coast of America. Oh, God. We see the entire country shake, and the president is told by his experts, by his scientists, two more steps like that. And we lose the entire eastern seaboard. This is a Hulk out of control. He cannot take a step without hurting people and killing things and causing destruction. This is World Breaker. Mm. Tony Stark has his satellites back online. He has a weapon ready. And the Hulk knows this and he screams at him, Do it then before I break the world. And Tony, kind of crying, activates a satellite and the Hulk is bombarded with this red energy which utterly and completely wipes and drains all the gamma radiation from his body. And as it happens, it is like a death. I believe it is a death of this version of the Hulk, Mm. of this personality. We talked in the Planet Hulk about how there are different personalities of the Hulk over the years as he adapts and changes and evolves. And I feel in the same way that like in in Doctor Who, in modern Doctor Who, when he regenerates, it is like the death of that character. And there can be very sad, touching moments as like the the David Tennant character kind of dies and the Nidge one takes over. Mm. I think this is very, very, very similar to that. And in this Hulk's final moments, Sakaar Hulk's final moments... He sees a vision of him holding his wife in his arms as she is turning to dust and dying. And he is now turning to dust and dying. And she says, I will never leave you. And he says, and now I will never leave you. 
Wow. And we see the end of the Hulk. The Illuminati are exposed to the world. The Warbound are arrested by S.H.I.E.L.D. Bruce Banner with no more gamma in his body whatsoever. Bruce Banner with no more gamma. Is loaded into an iron lung and placed in a coma. In an iron lung sealed three miles beneath the Mojave Desert. um, Never to wake up. And as World War Hulk comes to an end. We see the irradiated wastelands of Sakaar. Destroyed by this bomb. That we now know was Sakarian through and through and meek. And it was not the Illuminati. But where nothing should be able to survive. And in the exact spot where Hulk's pregnant wife died. A cocoon cracks open. And the son of Hulk takes his very first steps. What? Because the story always continues. (laughs) Oh, God. And that is the end of World War Hulk, a very high point in this incredible um, era of, of, of Hulk stories as told by Greg Pock and a variety of different artists. Oh, that was a wild ride. That was incredibly wild. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in your... We talked a lot about it going on. Your final thoughts about World War Hulk? Uh, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether I preferred it to Planet Hulk or not. Planet Hulk felt like a very logical setup to this insanity. The issue with the issue with you didn't get the full Planet Hulk is the is the slight yeah. issue. We looked at the movie and then we talked about how it was some things were similar, some things were different. But the real Planet Hulk story takes place over like two years. Okay, and there's a lot of go. It's like there's loads of meek stuff. There's yeah, um, yeah. It's hard to separate them, isn't it? It, it is. It is. But wow. So does do we get to see Son of Hulk, the the Son of Hulk in the future? Scar, oh, okay. the Son of Hulk. Um, we are told during Planet Hulk, right at the end, that um, Sakarian children grow much much quicker. Out of so cocoons. he is, yeah, it comes from a cocoon. Okay. Um, so he is um, a preteen when he emerges from this cocoon. And he very quickly becomes a teenager on Sakaar. And we have a Bruce Banner who can no longer become the Hulk. <laughs> but that's fine because we get a brand new Hulk in Scar. And Scar comes with one mission, which is to kill the Hulk. Uh. He comes to Earth and finds Bruce Banner, who he decides is not the Hulk. Why but they why- are... Because he's not the Hulk, he he, no, no, why he cares. He, a, why does he want to kill the Hulk? His dad, because he abandoned him to die, and his mother died, and he abandoned uh, the whole planet. Died, everyone died, and he is full of rage. Um, and both Bruce Banner and Scar want to make sure that if the Hulk comes back, he is killed. <laughs> so Bruce Banner begins teaching Scar how to fight and kill the Hulk. Um, and we get an amazing Bruce Banner who, with his incredible mind and gadgets, is every bit as dangerous as an Iron Man. 
um, or a Reed Richards. And he has no access to the Hulk powers anymore. And he takes them. He takes Scar on a mission around the Marvel Universe to f- get to learn how to fight Wolverine, to learn how to fight She-Hulk and Juggernaut, and a great set of stories. Amazing. What would be your favourite moment from World War Hulk? I th- I think that, I mean there, there was there were quite a few moments I liked, but I liked the, the Hulk surprising us and saying it was all about my existence. Yeah, that was just because because yeah. I, I, I'm I'm here going no I don't agree with any of this and as soon as that happens I'm like ah yeah yeah you 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 got me you won you won you twisted my arm yeah fine fine you do what you want thank you ever so much for supporting us for the month of February we really hope that you've enjoyed this special bonus episode of World War Hulk. We have an incredible treat for you in the month of March. When I say month, I want to say month of May. In the month of March, we will release here, exclusively here and nowhere else, the video of our live podcast that took place uh, in in, in the uh, Leicester Comedy Festival. We had paid for a film crew to come with us, record the whole thing. We have got the video, and that is going to be your special bonus episode for March, so make sure you stick with us. We are always planning new, cool, and awesome things for you to get here on Patreon. We're really excited that you're going to be able to see a podcast for the very first time. We've never done it before. We might not be able to do it again. Who knows? But that is waiting for you in the month of March. (laughs) 